0: Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Luca back with the Vigor Life Podcast with none other than my special guest and friend, Nate Green. Um, we kind of, it's hard to spot this guy nowadays. He's, uh, he's kind of like, uh, I'd say, the ghost behind the scenes, but yeah. we're finally at, we finally got him here, number one. Number two. Uh this is the first podcast in uh I don't know, we haven't given it a name yet, but in uh in Gene's office and in, in the, the back room of the new Vigor Life Building. So so it's kinda cool. We got we got um two firsts here. But so what I wanted to to talk to Nate about is, oh well, shit, just about everything, right? Like I said, okay. this, this is good. gonna go all over the place. But good. For 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 people that don't know you, right? Cause cause uh like you've done so many different things. You you started uh your personal trainer, you had your own gym for a little bit. Yep. Uh, then you start. Then you started being a uh, editor for T Nation. Mm-hmm. From there, you did some of your own stuff. Then you went to Precision Nutrition. Then back on your own again, um, and you are a recovering fitness junkie, which we, we're gonna have to touch on a little yeah, bit I'll for see. sure. Okay. Um, and now you're just uh, working on a lot, a lot of cool projects. Yeah. But so, a couple of things first, right? What, like, so you're a path? Yeah. I right? just like. A little bit of a thought process of like you know when when you started uh, and you were training like what was your thought process of like okay this is gonna be something I do long term like like for instance we've known each other for a decade now right yeah and and from you know when we talked I went and and built this gym and stuff and it's been a process Yeah, and you went on this like roller coaster journey yeah. and to where you are right now just to talk about a little bit like the thought process behind it like what led you that way you know when people say hey you know find your purpose or what you love to do yeah. um but what led you to where you are right now yeah that's a good question so um when i first started it was like back in
1: like 2004 2005. i graduated high school in 2003 And honestly, like my very first uh, like personal training studio, I worked at a gym for a couple of years before I opened up my own place. And what I needed to do was my high school grades were atrocious. They were so bad, right? So like college wasn't really an option for me because I just did not do well in a structured environment where like I
0: had to sit in a class and learn. So I kind of knew that I had to figure out something. So you didn't didn't have any, like any, I would say. desire to go to college. You were like, that, that's not an option. I,
1: I, did, I did one semester of a community college in a small town in Montana, and then I was like, that this is not for me. But what, what was interesting, though, and I'll, I'll wrap it back around to opening the training studio, but so I didn't excel in uh, like traditional schooling environment, but at the same time, like I graduated with like a 1.7 GPA, man. It was fucking horrible, like really bad. Like my parents like don't even know the extent of how bad it was. So I barely graduated high school. Um, but what happened is at that same time, I was still ambitious and kind of entrepreneurial. So even though I was getting shitty grades, I was, uh, writing for the high school newspaper and I saw that, uh, the local town's newspaper, it's a small town in Montana where I grew up and, uh, they needed someone to cover sports. They needed someone to cover, uh, women's basketball and volleyball. And so I like applied for this job to write some freelance articles. So at the time I was doing shitty in school, but also over here making a couple hundred dollars a week, like covering basketball, covering volleyball for this local newspaper. And so I always kind of had that kind of like, I'm going to figure out a way to make money, make a living, even if it's not like the traditional trajectory that most people go down. Was that more of a necessity or did you like writing? No, I liked writing at that point. Yeah, yeah man. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. This is gonna go all over the place. But yeah, dude, did. I was, yeah. I was telling, I was telling our buddy uh, Mike earlier that uh, the way that I got started writing is I was a big like Eminem fan, and so I'd go on the Eminem fan forums, and I would fucking key style. It's like no freestyling, shit. but like no like, shit. Yeah, no, it was horrible. I was really so, bad at I, it, man. but I learned how to like put together things really quickly. So I've always been into writing, and then. So anyway, I got to the point where senior year of high school, I started training uh, more seriously and I guess I I had a little, I had pretty low self-confidence at that time because I was like, man, I'm going to fuck up. Like my, I'm not doing well in school and I live in this small town. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my life. Uh, When I got into the gym and I was able to like gain 40 pounds of muscle over the course of like a year and a half and I was like, holy shit, if I can change my body, by, like reading these training books and these exercise fizz books and these nutrition books like i'm not fucking stupid i just don't excel in school maybe i should look at like how can i take what i've learned from training and start helping other people with it so i was like 18 19 didn't know a lot but uh i got a job as a fitness assistant at a uh at a a small gym there and i trained there for a couple of years got my personal training certification wiped down cardio machines And then at some point, I just kind of broke off on my own and opened up my own personal training studio, ran that for a few years. And so at that point, man, I was just like, what, like, how can I not have a real job ever?
0: (laughs) It's basically how I was doing it, right? I love that question. I need to pause, like, hey you know, what do you want to do for your career? I don't know, man, I just got to figure out. I just don't want to. How how to I'm big, I'm, I, we were talking about this at
1: dinner last night, like I'm basically unemployable now. Like I've never written a resume or a CV or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And I don't think I'd get hired. I think if I like looked, like I think if I put down GPA 1.7, no college, no one's gonna fucking hire me. But if I can show them my experience and what I've been able to do, like that's that's where the value is for me, right? So anyway, I started this personal training studio, and um, I was still into writing, though, so I love training people, but at the same time, I was, like, starting to go to conferences. I was starting to meet some mutual friends of ours, like Alan Cosgrove took me under his wing, Uh, Lou Shuler, who was a former fitness director in Men's Health Magazine. I started making all these different connections with people, and then they started, uh, Alan Cosgrove called it fast tracking. He was, like... Let me just help you out. So he's like, he got me my first quote in Men's Health Magazine, introduced me to Adam Campbell. And, and I like, think like oh, that's,
0: man, I, I can't remember, because I know I shot you, Nemo after reading, like, I think one of your articles or something. Mm-hmm. um, But it, but that's that's how we connected at first. I think. Absolutely. It was, yeah, it, it was definitely an article, I think.
1: It was an article. And then, uh, so then it was around this time, I think it was like 2007-ish. And I was doing both. So I was training, I was doing maybe like, 30 sessions a week and then I was writing some articles for like some magazines and at that point I was uh, I was reading T Nation a lot and T Nation a lot of uh, at the time um, it was super popular all like my favorite people were writing for him so John Berardi, Eric Cressy, Mike Robertson, DeFranco, like all these people that I grew up like you know reading their articles watching their videos etc were writing for the site So I got offered an assistant editor job. And so at that point, I was like, okay, do I want to be like a trainer in the gym all the time, a coach? Do I want to explore this writing thing? So I started to shift my focus toward that. Um, So then in 2010, I, uh, no, 2008, I took a job at T Nation. And then I got really good at writing on deadline. And then from there... I joined precision nutrition, helped them out with some stuff. So it's been a, it's been a weird like I, I don't have any plan with this shit. It's just like whatever sounds like fun and that I can use my skill set. We we're talking about this earlier, right? Like one thing that I really got into is like how can I build a set of transferable skills so I'm not just like confined to one area. Like how can I build a set of skills like marketing or writing or or coaching where You can go and coach in other contexts right
0: so that's the way that i look at things now is like how can i continue to build these skills i think more than ever man i mean you know because that's like the answer for anybody that's ever like ah, like things are changing but but at this point in time you know whether you want you want to like dominate a subject Mm -hmm. you can go get 10 of the top books on it you know buy two video courses go to a workshop you know go to a seminar of the person that's the best in the world doing it and literally like, take control of your own you know kind of destiny within that, within that field and like things like writing and, and marketing and sales and i mean that stuff's never gonna go away or, or i mean we could name a ton of different other stuff right but well and i think it's also about building base level skills so
1: here's one thing that i think about a lot so like uh some people may say like text is dead like people aren't reading articles it's all about videos now right so i gotta get on youtube gotta do all this stuff but if you ever have to do a scripted video, what do you have to do? You have to fucking write it. You have to write a script. And if you know how to write a script, you know how to write emails, you know how to write marketing material. You, like, that's a base level skill that I feel like everyone should have, right? Because it's transferable to all these different things. So it doesn't matter what new medium comes out. It doesn't matter where like, you know, more people are watching videos or more people are doing podcasts now. Like if you have these base level skills, you can transfer them and you can just go into any any new medium, any industry that that interests you and you have at least a core competence that you're not gonna like get your ass handed to you.
0: And Do you think, I mean like, if you own a business, it's like you have to have a foundational level of like writing, understanding and marketing and stuff. I, I also think that the better you become at writing, the better you become at communication.
1: Yeah, because it forces you to think differently, right? Like if you're, if I am gonna write an article, I have to think about like, what's going to be your experience reading it? Where are you going to be? Are you going to, you're probably going to be on your phone. How am I going to write the sub headlines? Because I know like if people are scanning it, right, you can like look at all the data. And so when you, when you understand how people interact with your material, whether it's videos, podcasts, whatever, and you build that base level skill, it's a lot easier to communicate no matter what you're doing.
0: So, okay, because, because you brought that up. If you had to go like three to five things, mm. if somebody wanted to become a better writer right now, yeah. right? And, and in a context of, um, they, you know, they either want to excel in their career or maybe they have their own business mm. and, you know, they want to, they want to do it for whether it's writing better email newsletters mm. or, you know, some copy or just communication in general. Okay. Like what would be the maybe three to five things that you'd recommend? Right. So this is going to go a little bit over the place. There was no preparation for
1: this, by the way, so I'm just coming up with shit. Yeah. All right. So the first thing that I do is uh, the first thing I'd recommend is ask yourself why. Why do I want to be a better writer? Like, do you want to do it to write like a novel? Okay, that's one thing. Or do you want to do it to be a a, to, to write more compelling copy for your website so you get more leads? Right. So you gotta know why you're doing it in the first place. I think become a better writer is just a bullshit goal, unless it has a specific end that you're trying to get to, right? So for me, I want to become a better writer because I want to be a better communicator and I want to better uh, coach people through like transitions. So like, if I become a better writer, people can relate to me and I can reach a lot more people through my email list or through my website or whatever. So number one is t- like- t- To interject just a little bit yeah, because,
0: because it's so important that you know, we talk about writing, and you brought the why up, right? And it becomes so so foo-foo-ish, But whether it's goal setting here, what we do at the gym, with businesses, right? If you can't, if a person can't really, uh, uh, I would say, elaborate why and make a really strong point, there's not enough emotion behind why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you send me the, you know, what happens? What's what what's the best that happens if you if you do this? If you do this, yeah. and what's the worst? And if what the what's the worst isn't painful enough, and w- or if what's the best isn't really driving you? Yeah. Like, most people are just not going to, it's just not going to happen. But I'm glad you brought it up even in, in when it comes to writing, though. I mean, we have a limited amount of time, right? So, like, I, like, I
1: advise, like, and consult with a lot of, uh, mostly fitness businesses now, right? And I only take a few projects or people per year. And, uh, but that's the one big thing is, like, I always like to push back with my clients. And I'm like... Why What's do you, you do? want, well, yeah, I know, right? But, but I think it's a good, and it's only because I've had people push back to me. Like, I, I think when we get into this position where we're like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to be a good writer. I'm supposed to start a website. I'm supposed to write an ebook. I'm supposed to train this many clients a week. Like, I think supposed to is bullshit. And so I always like to come back and scale it back and go, okay, like, what am I trying to accomplish here? And why is that important? So that's number one, you want to be a better writer? Why do you want to be a better writer? Uh, the second thing is, okay, once you decide why, maybe it's to write, uh, better, like more compelling emails. Let's say you have like a, a physical business and you have an email list or it's an online business, like you're communicating with people, right? So the second thing that I would say is where are these people at? So you think about what you're writing about and if you're writing to a customer or a prospect or to other people, you're not just writing for yourself. If you're writing for other people, you got to be like, all right, why what do they need to know, and why does it matter to them, right? I feel like a lot of people sit down and write an article, and they're like, I just know some shit, and I'm going to write an article about, like, four ways to do a deadlift, and say, like, okay, do people actually want to know something, that? Yeah, it's
0: something, like, something you know, and maybe excites you, or maybe not, but yeah. you, you don't think about who you're writing for. Absolutely. Which is, like, probably, the, I mean, obviously it's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say, all right, here's, here's my, my best writing tip, though. And uh, I've been doing this for a few years now. And I think I picked it up at uh, at, when I was at Precision Nutrition, uh, John Berardi's company. I was there for about five years, mostly behind the scenes. And one thing that we came up with was like a checklist. Every time that we write an article, we have to follow this checklist. And it's like. What's the emotion that we're going for here? Who is this written for specifically? Is it written, like in PN's example, it's like, is it written for fitness professionals and coaches, people that train clients, or is it written for clients? Different tone, different way of doing things, right? Um, but the most important question for me on that like, checklist was number one, what am I trying to say? Like, boil it down to one sentence. Before you go write a 2000 word article, what am I trying to say? What is the number one point I'm trying to make? And then at the end, have I said it? So what am I trying to say, and have I said it once I finish the article? If you can just answer those two questions, you're gonna be uh, in a much better place than people just going like, I need to fucking write about something. I don't know what to write about. Yep.
0: Wow. Pause. <laughs> no, that's I get excited about this talk. No, no, that's awesome. Dude. Like that's actually because because I haven't heard that one before. So it's like something I want to write down. Now for for because we're gonna just stay on this topic a little bit because I definitely want you know personally I'm like, okay, what can I extract here Mm -hmm. that's like the nuggets that people can go use, right? So Mm -hmm. but from a standpoint, you know, would you say that um because one of the ways that I I, uh got better at writing was there's people that I would like, whether it was blogs or books that I would read and I'd be like, I love this format or I love the the way that they write. And then I would literally go and write a blog in that exact same format on something that I wanted to write about. Right. Or I probably didn't ask myself those questions at the beginning, um, but nonetheless, I was like, okay, I, I want to talk about a topic that I'm knowledgeable about. You know, share this information. Here's the context I'm going to do it in. But like, I'm going to use this exact same format. Like, for instance, when yeah. you said you were one of the first people that I would read that where you would do a lot of subheaders. Yeah. Right when you do the uh, it was the the heroes the hero handbook, handbook the hero yeah. handbook right? But but that was like written very where it was, it was really broken up, but it was, I mean, you could slide through and get points out of it, right? Let me tell you how I wrote that. Yeah. So, uh, the Hero
1: Handbook is a free ebook I gave away in like 2011, mm-hmm. maybe. So it was a yeah, while, it was while ago a while. now, right? But I still like, I, I, I've like had other books published, like like traditional publishing. And that's like the one that people like the most, which I found interesting. Like the thing that I gave away for free that You should I,
0: probably make a print out of that.
1: Yeah, no, maybe I should. Um, but so here's what I did to write that. There's another writing tip, I guess, is, uh, I set a timer for each section for 30 minutes. I'm like, I got 30 minutes to write about this topic. So once I had my outline, once I had my topics, I want to hit this, I want to hit this, I want to hit this. I pick topic number one and I go, okay, put some headphones in. fucking I can clear out the rest of the room, 30 minute timer. and I just got to get a shitty first draft. So that's another thing that uh, we did uh, really well at PN, I think, is we had what we called, and I think there's a writing teacher called, I think her name is Ann Lamet. I'm gonna murder her name. And Lamott, I don't know how to say her name. But she's always talking about getting to a shitty first draft. Because what happens when you're writing is, as you're writing it, most often you're like, this is bullshit. Like, this sucks. I still write stuff today and I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever written. No one, I suck as a person and no one's ever gonna read
0: this. Is it it almost like the way of getting over the editor in your head? Absolutely. Right? Because it's like, when you start editing too much and you don't finish even the shitty draft, Ninety percent of the time, you're actually not going to do anything. Well,
1: you know, you know this from starting a business, right? Like, once you kind of have, once you have a basic strategy, you don't need to know everything. You just need to get started, right? And so with writing, it's kind of the same thing. Like, if you have to write a marketing piece, or you have to write an article, or uh, or anything, a video script, whatever, the hardest part is getting the first uh, first words on the, pa- down on the page. Like if, so that's why I set a timer. So I set a timer for 30 minutes, hour, 20 minutes, whatever. And you just race the clock. And sometimes I'm writing, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm writing this shit sucks. What am I even trying to say here? And I just like go through that process. But right? you leave it like you'll, you'd leave that and just, I leave I leave it until I get to the end of the 30 minutes. Cause then what yeah. happens is when you go back to it, like an hour later, a day later, sometimes I write shit and I'm like, this is horrible. And then I put it away and I come back the next day and I'm like, Oh, this is actually pretty fucking good. <laughs> I just need to edit it now. Because the hardest part is getting the, your thoughts down first. So that's that's another, I guess, piece of advice is like try to get to a shitty first draft as quickly as possible and recognize it's gonna be shitty. Like you there are gonna be nuggets in there that are good, you're gonna have to get rid of most of it, but that's gonna get it's gonna get your main ideas out, right? And that's the most important thing.
0: Great tip. With you know, and, and kinda this leads really well because for you, like, you, you've always been, uh, you know, we always t- talk about this, where we sit down and I'm like, man, shit, I wish I was more organized like you, right? Yeah. And, uh, but but you do have, like, you you got a system to where you you get clearing and get stuff done really well. And I, I want to talk about, like, where you are, you know, not how when we started, but, like, where you are right now, where you think, all right, optimal day, like, this is how I, you know, get shit done. There's some, there's some stuff that I love about the, what you do, uh, and I'm big on rituals, but, like, things that you do in the morning, you and Shelly do that I love, you know, that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, stole, but also like throughout the day, like, how do you get as much done and, and, and really, you know, because this is one of the things, me personally, everyone I talk to, like, oh, man, I just don't have enough time in the day, but we, we all know, like, you can become 10x, 20x, 30x yeah, yeah, yeah. more productive, you know, and and it is definitely, I think, I would say one of your strengths Thanks. where you get, you know, you get shit done and, and you're really, really uh, organized on that end. Yeah, so... I'll go to the rituals in a minute. I think the thing that happened for me is
1: uh, when I took that job at T Nation back in 2008 and when I joined uh, Precision Nutrition back in 2010, I was suddenly in a position where I was writing on deadline. So like I had, I had a very specific time that my work needed to be done. And that's really good for lighting a fire under your ass. Like if you give yourself a date, like we were all at dinner last night, right? And we're like, we have this fucking crazy idea. It may not work. I mean, probably will. Yeah, probably will, all right. But but <laughs> So but we're at dinner, right? And, yeah. and and we're sitting there and we're like, all right, we just gotta book the date. Like we gotta book the date right now. And I think that's so important. I totally lost my train of thought. Um, I was talking about. I was talking about, I was talking about last night, and well, I started yeah, thinking you about you the, fucking the about, scallops uh,
0: that I ate, and I <laughs>
1: forgot like, what I was talking about. That's where it took you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know why.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, no, you're talking about uh, the, the how you started having deadlines when you came to T Nation and Precision yeah, yeah. Nutrition. The de-
1: the deadline. So we gave ourselves a deadline. That's yeah. that's the fucking point I was trying to make. So we gave ourselves a deadline. We're like, all right, like this thing is never gonna happen unless we set a date to talk about it. So like in September, we're gonna meet for a couple of days, talk about this thing, see if it's actually viable. But if we just kind of leave it out, it's like, oh, we'll talk about that someday. It's never going to fucking happen. Yeah. So I feel like having a deadline is super important. Um, for me personally, I've had to learn to say no to good ideas so I could say yes to some great ideas. And I think I I think I stole that from a, a guy named Greg McEwen. He wrote a book called Essentialism. Essentialism. Jay Farrugia yeah, loves that fucking book. book. Yeah. yeah. So I
0: don't love it. I mean, I love it, but Jay loves it. Jay loves it. <laughs> Jay like sleeps with it at night yeah. under his pillow. Yeah. He's probably watching this when he's a kid. <laughs> Maybe he I'll make sure i on it now.
1: Um, so I try to, I try to limit the amount of things that I say yes to because what happens is, uh, especially early in my career, and I still, I still fall victim to this where I just take on too many projects at once. I get overwhelmed and I'm like, why am I even doing all this other shit? Like, what am I actually trying to accomplish here? Um, so I try to say no to more things now, and uh, that's super helpful because then you get to work with people that you really, uh, that, who inspire you and you get to work on projects that actually matter instead of a bunch of little shit, right? That just takes up your time. But uh, for the morning rituals, like I take my mornings really seriously. So if you come over to our house, so if you stay with Shelly and I, what will happen is we'll wake up in the morning and first thing we do is we make coffee and we have a gratitude practice. So some people use, like, the five-minute journal. Yeah. Um, but what we do is we sit, we have our coffee, and we each say three things that we're grateful for, and then three things we're looking forward to that day. And it's just, it's been a habit for, like, five years now. And it's a it's the best way to start a day, because even if you're having a shitty day, even if things are going wrong, you can still be grateful for, like... Sometimes I'm grateful for, like, a cup of coffee.
0: I'm grateful for, like, the fact that I have hot water, the fact that I get to eat food, you know what But I mean? you said But you said that that was actually one of the really important things for you guys is relationship too but oh it's crucial because like for the so it, it was it was crucial to have like a gratitude
1: practice and then to talk about like oh i'm looking forward to xyz because you know it, it just gets you in an optimistic mindset for the day but it was key for our relationship because what happens when most people wake up i don't even know what happens when most people wake up actually because I don't, I don't i don't know anymore but like what we, what we used to do is we'd you know, get up, we'd have our coffee, but like I'd check my phone and she'd go off and do something. And then like maybe we woke up late, so she had to go to a meeting or whatever. Now we make time to just connect as a couple first thing in the morning. And we get to talk about things that we're grateful for and things that we're looking forward to. And it's just, uh, it's made us closer and it's a time for us to be totally present. So we don't have our phones next to us. We're not trying to rush off. We're not trying to time it and like get through it quick. Um, that's made us... That's made us wake. faster.
0: You know, I think when you kind of like, all essentially reverse engineer it. To me, all of those, you know, the morning rituals in many ways. But perfect example is this. You know, how do you? What's the foundation of your day? You know, how do you start it? Like, what, you know, where does your focus go? If I wake up in the morning and my focus goes on, you know, what are some great things in my life? Like, what am I excited about in the day? Yeah. You know, appreciating the person that we are with. That's gonna kind of, I'll say, trickle down Absolutely. throughout the day. But if you wake up the first thing in the morning and you're like fuck yeah, right like react. It, it's almost i like call it being like being in a hurricane right like Absolutely. you get you get pulled in and all of a sudden your days all over the yeah, place yeah you never right? get, you never get space
1: like so the morning ritual for me is like so we wake up have coffee say three things we're grateful for three things we're looking forward to and then she goes in a different room. I usually stay in the living room and then we meditate for like maybe five to 20 minutes depending on how much time we have. Even though like this is one thing I learned at Precision Nutrition that uh, we took very serious, they, they still take very seriously and I take it seriously now is like I would rather, I would rather scale back the habit and do one minute meditation, 30 second meditation, rather than miss a whole thing, right? So I'm comfortable, if I can't get a workout in, I'm doing five pushups, better than nothing. It sounds like a small thing, but no matter what we're doing, I always try to find a way to have like a one minute meditation. So we meditate, and then uh, make breakfast, and then a couple little, like if you work on the computer a lot like I do, I use a program called Freedom, And, uh, it's, it's, yeah, freedom.to, freedom freedom two, and what it does is it just blocks the whole internet. So I can like, I can only use a few things. I can use like my Google drive to like write articles or whatever. And, uh, and I have that automatically set. So I, I don't have to make a decision in the morning to turn it on. It's just on a schedule. So from 5am, I'm not up at 5am, but from 5am till 4pm, I basically have zero internet access. And I'm writing. And See, I'm I didn't doing know stuff. you could. I didn't know you could
0: automate that. That's. I got. Yeah. I, I got to get on that, man. That's. That's
1: fantastic. You want to make it like that's one thing that I've. Uh, that I've. I'm still working on, right? But it's how can I. How can I make one decision that makes all the other decisions for me? So I l- limit the decision fatigue. Like if I have to pick every morning, here's what happens because I do this sometimes. If I don't set that automatically to just start and stop at a certain time, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go get some work done, and I log on my computer, and I'm like. And before I turn freedom on, I'm going to fucking check Twitter and I'm going to check out MP. Yeah. And then it's like half an hour, hour later, even if it's only five minutes, my mind's not where it needs to be like to, to actually produce something that's valuable. Right. So I set freedom. I work for like maybe four or five hours, uh, take some breaks, do some stretches, have some green tea, whatever. And then once three, 3 PM, 4 PM hits, I, uh, set a timer for half an hour, do all my email. I don't get through all of it, but do my my uh, internet check or whatever, and then I'm off the computer to the gym. Rest of the day done. That's ideal. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, but I would say seventy
0: five, eighty yeah, percent of the time. So is you know what? Like there's a, there like some of the things that you said. There's a, there's a, to me there's a huge lesson in it, right? Because you're like, well, it doesn't matter how much of it you do, but you gotta you gotta keep doing it, right? Absolutely. And I. I it, and i'd go to that for like anything like w- one of my biggest things in the mornings is like i call it five minutes of flow but you know yeah. basically some, i legitimately will get up and like be you know and just start doing my you know rot- neck rotation
1: <laughs>
0: yeah that probably happens too but it but it's but it's like even if i don't feel like it i'm like just fucking three minutes it's just, just three minutes that's that's yeah. it and three minutes is so little right that you're just like I'm gonna, you know, do some circles and I'll be done. And then you start doing it, and like ah, it feels a little better, well, it's feel a little looser, so and then you end up finishing it, right? So
1: that's one thing that uh, I keep, I keep mentioning Precision Nutrition, but I just, I'm such a big fan of the work that they do, right? And obviously, Berardi's a good friend of ours. So um, the one thing that we started to institute uh, when I was there, and I know they still do, is a uh, scale of one to ten. And this is, you can do this for if you, if you coach clients, you have a business, whatever. This is perfect. So. If you give someone like if you're my client and I'm like Luca on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that you're going to be able to do X today? Meditate for five minutes. Scale of one to ten. If you say anything less than it, if you say seven or below, I'm going to scale back the habit. Oh, we how? that's, that's we, we yeah we use that all the time. It's called I'm called the magic question. The magic question. Yeah, we call it okay, the magic yeah, question. Good. So marketing, but same yeah. thing, right? So basically, it's like what you want to do is you want to shrink the change to the smallest possible thing that will have people make forward momentum and make progress, right? So a one-minute meditation may sound like bullshit or a three-minute flow, like, so, you know, one stretch for 60 seconds may sound like bullshit, but it's better than nothing. And what it does is it keeps the continuity of the habit
0: going. It's, it's, it's basically the dial analogy, right? The all or nothing. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing we teach is people either do all, right, or, yeah. or most of the time ends up being nothing mm-hmm. instead of like always something. in well, and, and like, cause you could take that even into like, you know, we talked about writing, but to plug it back in is to get better writing, write every day yep. and go like, I'm going to write for three minutes and you should go like, what what is three minutes going to do? No, like A sentence. But yeah. But yeah. it's, but, but it's, I it guess you started and make, and make sure that you continue to have it.
1: Right. Well, and so, uh, I got an email, so I still get like, so I still have my own like my blog and everything. I'm I'm, not, I'm starting to be more active on it, I'm like posting like once a week now and uh, sending out an email. But I still, so I get emails back from people, right? And uh, I got an email from this dude, and he was like, I want to train, I want to train four days a week, uh, that's optimal for me. But right now, because that's optimal, I know I can't do it. So he's training zero days a week. And I'm like, dude, just fucking train once a week, it's one day a week, and you're gonna build a habit you're gonna actually get better results and I feel like that's the that's the thing. We have this idea of like the optimal thing to do is to start a business with like this much capital and to know these these unknowns that no one can possibly know. like when I know all that, that's when I'm gonna start my business or um I'm going to, you know, the optimal training schedule is four days a week for me. If I can't do that, everything else is bullshit. It's not even worth it because I'm not even going to be, I'm not going to be in the optimal state. And so that's one thing that I've been working on in my own life for a long time now is like, how can I just scale everything back to the bare minimum to build some momentum? Because what happens is you hit that bare minimum enough times and then suddenly, uh, things open up and you're like, Oh, I can train four days a week. I'm going to go ahead and kill it for the next month or so. But you don't, you don't, you don't become a horrible self-critic when you don't hit what you think is optimal. And over time, consistency is gonna be way better than intensity, right? So being consistent
0: with something is what I'm trying to do now. And, and it's uh it's funny, because I, I don't know who said this, but I, I liked it a lot, but at least when it comes to health, right? It's like this uh, analogy of that investing in health is like investing in like money into something that's compounding, right? Yeah. If you start in your 20s, I mean, you know, you, nobody will ever catch you if you start in your 20s and somebody starts in their 50s, right? Yeah. Because it's compounding. But I, I believe that's the case, right? And it can compound even if you put a little bit in, right? So rather than, ah, well, I'm going to start when, I, when, when it's really optimal, I can do three, four days a week or for anything, yeah. right? It's better that you just keep doing it. Well, think about the investment, man. Like what, what you just said, like if you
1: just take it out of the context of health and fitness or starting a business and you think about just investing money, like is it better to invest $100 a month or like $1,000 a month than a dollar? Yeah. But is it better to invest a dollar than fucking nothing because you can't afford to put $500 a month in the thing? Absolutely, right?
0: So and it's to, 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 to make a point of that, right? Like, because uh, people say, well, you know, how have you, how have you like, for instance, saved like over time, right? Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I ever did, like reading the um, richest man in Babylon, I had a mentor that was like, hey, like you gotta start putting money on the side. And then the, like when you don't make a lot, the hardest thing is going like, okay, I'm going to put these five bucks on the side. Yeah, like It seems like bucks. inconsequential. Yeah. Right. Cause you're just like, that just doesn't matter. So all I hear people always saying like, well, when I do better, or when I make more, yeah. I'm going to put it on the side. But the habit, when I formed that habit and I was putting like three bucks and five bucks no, and sure. 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but the habit formed is like, when I started making more, I would just put more. You're in that, in that habit. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you want to save, I don't know,
1: 20%, right? Like your gross revenue or whatever. If you're not doing that right now, when you're making like, if you're, if you're not making much money, but you can't even put away 20% of that, you're not going to be able to
0: do it when you're making really, really good money. Right? Yep. Cause no, cause literally like where I worked, like Chip was like, dude, if you make a dollar, like put 15, 20 cents. Yep. Right. And you go like 15, 20 cents. And, and he was so, you know, he's adamant about it. like, nah, like I'm telling you, like, and, and he, you know, he kind of went that route. So I, and I trusted that process, and I'll say that like that's one of the best things that I've ever done as far as financially you know business wise goes and I see people struggling with it that you know keep doing better financially, but essentially end up having this habit of like nah, ugh, I need more of a gap, I need more, I need more right like
1: there are a lot and- of broke rich people out there, a lot of people that look that's one thing that I've learned in this industry too, and I, I love this industry, and I love the people that I get to interact with and work with, but like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, too. And it's interesting. Like, once you get kind of behind the scenes of, of, of different people in different places, you realize that everyone's kind of making shit up as they go. And mm-hmm. the, th- the people that you think may yeah. be doing really, really well aren't always the people that are doing really well. And the people that are quiet and humble are usually killing it and you have no
0: idea. Mm-hmm. And so... Great yeah. Great point. With that, because we're kind of... Man, I could talk to Nate all day long. Uh, but, we're, you know, bringing it back to, like, the recovering fitness junkie. Because, you you know, when... I don't know, like about 10 years ago. Yep. I mean, you, you were like lifting heavy and a lot. And like back then you still would work for T-Nation. You'd go yeah, out man. to the Franco's and train with the NFL. Yeah, that I mean, my before the, to before the combine. Um, and then man, you were putting up some, some big ass numbers back then too. And you went from, you know, from that to, <clears throat> to really slowing things down in between. Yep. And now kind of, you know, I mean, it, you've been all over the place when it comes to that, right? But, but like, training, yeah. yeah, but it, talk, to, talk a little bit about that. So I say... What, what happened is, all right, so
1: I was lifting heavy, and like you said, I was, I'd go to DeFranco's, uh, Joe DeFranco has the combine program, I'd go, like, try to crush weights, I was, like, I was telling uh, my buddy Mike earlier, like, I'm, I was, like, pulling 515 for a single on deads, I was, like, squatting 475, one RM on bench was, like, 365, I don't even want to fucking think about what would happen to me if I try to get under 365 right now and try to bench <laughs> press it, I'm just getting pinned immediately, um, but it just beat the shit out of my body, right? Everyone knows this. If you train for long enough, you're gonna get hurt. Everyone that I know that like that lifts weights, that trains hard, they're injured in some way. And so what happened to me is it was such a big part of my life for so long, and I was like, I was steeped in the culture of T Nation and all these people. Some of my best friends were you know, high level trainers. I was steeped in the culture to the point where I was like, I just got kind of sick of it, and so I had to scale everything back. And what happened? Is I didn't even want to like see a dumbbell like I did I'd go into the gym and I'd be like fuck it I'm gonna do some chin-ups and I'm done. I'm out of here now. I didn't want to be in the gym anymore but what happened is I uh, I Got a coach. I moved to Portland, Oregon And I'm gonna give a shout out to Chris Bathke at yeah. Elemental Fitness Lab small little gym but what happened is I knew Chris and met him at a uh, Long Beach at a perform better seminar and he knew my background and I'm like, man, can you just like write my programming for me? And he looked at everything that I've been doing, took me through a few different movement screens, because as trainers, we know this, right? Like, I know all the shit I should be doing, but it sucks and I don't wanna do it, so I don't do it. <laughs> so I got a coach and he was like, all right, here's some things that you can do. So we started working on like uh, handstands and ring work and just things that were active, that we're not just crushing weights. And over the, you know, last couple of years I got more and more into that and now I'm back into like lifting heavy weights but just doing it in an intelligent way. Yeah. And so I think having a coach for me was was key to like have someone write my programming for me and then finding a way to still be in good shape, but change the idea of what good shape means. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like a hundred, I feel good now. I'm like 180 pounds. I feel lean. I feel good. I'm way more mobile and and flexible than I've ever been. Um, but if you were to told me, if you were to tell me five years ago that I'd be like doing some trail running and, uh, I don't know, like hanging out on some rings, and then occasionally doing some deadlifts. I would have laughed at you, because like to me, it's like, why are we even? Why are we hanging on rings or going for trail runs? But now it's just what I
0: view health is. Right. And I, but and I think that's part of it is like the identity thing, because same thing. I had to I had to go through a really really bad injury mm. to start, you know, rethinking things, right? Mm. And and as I move forward, I think too, it's like that, you know, the question why? And I'm like, well, man, I do want to look good in jack but man, I don't want I don't wanna, I don't want to be in pain. You know, deadlifting five fifty or six hundred. What does it do for my life? Absolutely. Mm, you know, but risk to, risk to benefit ratio of exercises. Like you know, am I enjoying myself? Can I do it for the long term? Like so on, and so forth. Right. I mean, you start. Um, I, I think you just start taking your health a lot more well, seriously. Right. I mean, I was in Italy. So I was in Italy
1: uh, about a year ago, and I remember uh, we're up at and uh, we're up at like this castle area, and it was beautiful looking uh, looking out over this valley. And there was, like, this group of, like, older dudes behind us at a table drinking some beers. And they were, like, in their full-on, like, cycling getup, right? So, like, big shorts and, like, racing stuff. Like, they're they're cyclists. They were, like, biking around Italy drinking wine, drinking beer or whatever. And I looked at them, and I'm like, those guys are all fucking in their 70s. And they look in, like, great shape. Like, they're not fucking muscular or whatever, but, like, they're in great shape. Like, I need to change my idea of what health and fitness looks like. And I think it's gonna change every couple of years, every decade. When I'm 75, man, I may be like cycling across Italy, hopefully, right? <laughs> but I would never think about that right now. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm trying to learn too, is like there are no absolutes. Like I went, I went back and read an old blog post of mine from like years ago and it was like, four things I'll never eat again. And one of them was like fucking bread, <laughs> right? <laughs> because like carbs were bad, right? And I was like, what a fucking stupid article to, to have written. Uh, I mean, obviously, it made, I was young, whatever, but like, the, that's one thing that I've I've tried to learn is like, there are no absolutes. So when I say I'll never do X again, or training is just this right here, I, I'm realizing I'm putting myself in a box that I don't need to be in. And so I'm just trying to expand my idea of what health and fitness is of what living a good life is like, the things that I do now may not be the things that I do 10 years from now. I think the underlying principles will be there. I think I'll, I think I'll still find value in a lot of the same things, but I
0: may get there a different way, you know? That's a good point. Okay, to, to end it off on, oh man, what's what's something that's uh, exciting you right now? Either something that you've learned mm-hmm. or something that you're about to do, whether it's a project you're working on or you're excited about doing.
1: Okay,
0: Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to Barardi one
1: more time, and uh, it's like a love fest for PN right here. But I <laughs> but I, I, I spent so many years with them, and I and I valued their. I think they're doing some great work. He wrote he wrote an article, maybe a decade ago, and uh, someone asked him a kind of a similar question, right? And the thing that I'm excited about right now is, I don't want to just consistently learn new shit. I want to do the things that I already know. And so what's exciting me right now is looking at my life and my work and my training and my base habits and being like, I know what to do. Everyone knows what to do to start a business, to get in better shape, to wake up earlier or whatever. We know what to do, but we don't practice it consistently. So what's exciting me right now is looking at all the shit I know. And instead of like getting like Instead of listening to podcasts all the time, I still listen to podcasts a lot. But like, I still listen to podcasts all the time. Watching videos, reading all these books, I'm like trying to like take down the amount of things that I uh, that I consume, and just practice the shit I already know how to do. So, am I meditating? Am I moving every day? Am I doing some valuable work for a couple hours at least? Hopefully, more. Am I connecting with my partner? Am I? like out in nature that I'm just trying to practice all
0: the shit that I already know instead of just trying to get a bunch of That's a fucking shit great at. point. I think you're just talking to me, dude. I, th- I think that yeah, that was, is, it was this like, is a coaching a- session session you like, I'm really. gonna make fucking Luca feel a little funny. This
1: is a coaching session.
0: Dude. Well done. Well done, <laughs> my friend. All right, so where can people find out? Like, man, I, I would say uh, one of the only things that I really consistently read uh, Nate's emails and blog. I mean, I, I read a lot of shit, but like consistently yeah. yours is definitely one of them. So, but where, you know, where can I find out more about you?
1: Yeah, so uh, just nategreen.org.org.com dot dot, is taken dot by like org, a real estate agent, and I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't, get it, so I'm like, fuck it, dot .org, and I look, look more professional.
0: See, and that's how you know this guy's a little more middleman. It's like, that's it. That's one fucking place you can find me. That's it. Yeah. Um, Man, thank you, bro. That's That yeah, was, welcome. as always, fantastic. I wish we could keep going, Absolutely. As, as always. We will after after this, but yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, brother. All right, Matt. Thank you.